This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is brought to you by Yo Radio. The first music and radio platform with stations curated and managed by artists and influencers from across the globe. From Drake Bell to Megadeth's David Ellison to UFC star Uriah Hall, just to name a few. Welcome to Yo Radio. Yo Radio delivers the best listener experience and is completely free. From hip-hop to rock to blues to EDM, Yo Radio has the music you want at your fingertips. Download the app now in the App Store for Apple devices and in the Google Play Store for Android. Or just go to YoRadio.com. That's YoRadio.com. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. As my friend and yours, John Smoltz, always says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out the Rope Trainer today. That's theropetrainer.com. Again, we'll hear from uh, one of the members of their team, Kurt McNabb, a little bit later on with his weekly rope report. And I can't thank my man, Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, of course, John Smoltz enough for continuing to support the show. Uh, very proud of those guys. They're at Lake Point now in, in Atlanta. And if you're knee-deep in this game of baseball, you understand what an important place in recruiting uh, young athletes, baseball-wise, uh, Lake Point is in Atlanta. It's where the best of the best go to compete. Uh, again, it's just a, it's an unbelievable place. If you've ever had the opportunity to be there, which I have, it's an amazing place. It's it's where all kids want to go to play and find out uh, where they stand. Um, interestingly enough, I'm going to have a young man on the show today who can probably tell us about his experience at Lake Point. Um, it's uh, it's an amazing place, and like I said, if you're if you're in this game of baseball, um, chances are you found yourself at a place like Lake Point, where the best of the best go to compete, where all the recruiters, all the pro scouts can go to one place and see the top players in the country. So, very proud of my friends over at the Rope uh, Trainer. Again, um, it's a fantastic product that's designed to help our young young arms, older arms, young arms, young, young arms, uh, anything just to, to get it done right. So special thanks to those guys. Um, excited about the show today. As you heard me mention, I'm going to be interviewing a young man. Um, his name's Colin Clayton. Uh, I've had the opportunity to know Colin. I want to say I met him when he was right at eight, nine years old. Um, I could tell right away he was a good athlete. We had just moved to Edwardsville. Um, through a friend of mine, I met his dad, Carl. His dad was a really good baseball guy that had played college baseball. He was a really good infield instructor. And um, my buddy's team they, it was put together, and it was my first experience really of being around a team that was put together for the sole purpose of what select baseball is. Um, until that time, my kids were younger. It was pretty much, you know, Little League, um, which not knocking Little League, it, obviously not, and you know how I feel about it. Um, but it was the first time I kind of had gotten a taste of what was really going on out there, and I had the opportunity to watch these young men. And, you know, um, the team was uber-talented, but there was, a, there was a young man on the team who, um, man, he was just good at whatever he did, and he could play all over. And typically on younger teams, the team with the most athletes 
will, will typically do fairly well, especially at that level. And I was impressed with him the day I met him and got to know his dad. We became friends. Um, you know, he was a year older than my son. Really, actually, what's kind of funny is it was only by a day or two. Otherwise, they would have played more together um, rather than just high school. But, um, but you know, we were kind of – we were Tiger teams, so I was around him a lot. We would practice together a lot. So I had the opportunity to work with him some, um, never head coached him at all. But, um, but over the years, as he grew into a, a young man and became more mature, um, you know, in our town, you know, kids start – like flocking to other kids that want to work and they want to do things and then coaches that are willing to go out and hit them ground balls and, and flip them balls and you know they don't have license so you so you do whatever you got to do to get in a car and get up there um you know and it just so happened i lived you know just a couple blocks down from him so became friends with the family over the years and just had the opportunity to watch him play and let me tell you um you watch this game long enough you get caught up in things all the time of man, do you see that kid play uh, short, or man, do you see that kid do this, or he's a really good pitcher, or he can do this. And sometimes parents get caught in the trap of, well, my kid has to play infield, or he can't play infield, so he's got to play outfield, or he's left-handed, he should be playing first base, or whatever the case may be. This kid's been a breath of fresh air for me over time because, number one, you could tell he just wanted to play, and he would play anywhere they put him. And what was amazing was is here was a kid that probably was the best shortstop on his team, but because they had another good shortstop, he might go play outfield. And then when this kid pitched, he'd come in and play infield. There was never any excuses in the stands from his parents or him, well, it'd sure be nice if I played more here. No, he'd just come in and play it. No, no excuses. If he didn't make a play, he didn't make a play. If he went to the outfield after playing some infield, well, I haven't been out here in two weeks. What do you expect? Never an excuse maker. And um, that's what I liked about him from the beginning. He, could just tell he just wanted to play. And I've been impressed with him, like I said, ever since he was a young kid. Well, turns himself into quite a player in high school, uh, a team leader, a kid that everybody looked up to, um, you know, just a worker. Um, gets an opportunity to go play in one of the best junior college conference in the country, um, conferences in the country, um, a very well thought of baseball program. Um, and this year um, he's parlayed that into a, an opportunity to go play baseball at, at a top baseball school in in Missouri State to the uh, legendary Keith Gutton and um, and an opportunity to do some other things that I'm going to let him tell you about this summer because I've known him for a long time. Um, I know his dream deep down is to get just an opportunity to show somebody at a professional level what he can do, and I, I don't bet against him. It's a hard thing. Let's face it. We all know the numbers. He knows them. He's not, he's not scared of those numbers. And all he wants is an opportunity. And that's what this is supposed to really all be about. Um, will he be disappointed if he doesn't get that opportunity? I know him, so I know he will. But he's going to leave it all out there. And that's why I love him. I've, I've enjoyed watching him. So I want to welcome into the show um, a young man that I think the world of. And I'm happy to have here today because the show today really, in all essence, is about the journey and how it should be. And, again, it's a, it's a testament to him his family, and really a, a tremendous work ethic. So, Colin Clayton, I want to welcome you to our show, bud. First of all, thank you, Coach Cromer, for uh, bringing me on the show. Uh, been a longtime friend, my family and I, and uh, been working with son Logan for a long time and want to thank everything he's done for me. Well, I tell you, Logan enjoys it when you're around. And, you know, I purposely – it's funny, I tell people this all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm an old salesman, an old marketing guy, right, from, from my Anheuser-Busch days. 
I have a, uh, I always have something going on as to why I do some of the things I do. And there is no secret that I try to make sure that my son, given the right opportunities, is around the right people in the right situations. And if there's ever a chance, you know, that I ever get to, ever get to um, have my son work with you or a Jordan Hovey, who you guys all worked together last week, um, it's all by design. I mean, I, I want my son to see what a baseball player looks like. But more importantly, I want to see him wor- be around guys that work hard. I've, it's interesting. Somebody was asking me about you the other day. Um, you know, what do you think? Do you think he's got a chance? And I said, yeah, he's got a chance. And let me tell you why he's got a chance. He's got a chance because I've watched him take ground balls at the field up here with uh, a kid three years younger than him and a dad. And yet he does it like it's the seventh game of the World Series. That's why you have a chance. And I know you know this in your heart, but this is why you are now going to Missouri State. Just a young kid from Edwardsville, Illinois, too small, too skinny, right? Right. <laughs> too skinny, not, not a shortstop, not a center fielder, not a right field. You just play everywhere they put you. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? And, and, and look, you've gotten stronger, faster, smarter, better. And it's all you, bud. And I love your dad. Your dad's worked his butt off with you. But it's all you. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Coach Funkhauser always says um, you find out a lot about a kid when he turns 16 because they get a car and they get some freedom. And up until that point, it's been mom and dad taking you here, taking you there. Your coach, your buddy, me, Coach Bowen, Coach Riley, Coach Wallace picking you up, taking you here. When you get 16, you get to make a decision. Yep. You know what I mean? And now listen, you had a fun time in high school, right? right? But I would drive by the field, and there was your black car sitting out there, and you're out there getting your work too. So it's a testament to you, my friend, and I'm very proud of you and what you've done. It's been an interesting journey. Watching you guys has been really exciting for me. Your, your friend, Trey Riley, who's one of your closest friends, who you just finished up your, your, your second year of JUCO baseball with, it sure looks like he's about to cash a big check. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or join you at Mississippi or Mississippi, at Missouri State. One of the two. He's either going to join you at Missouri State and pitch for one of the best pitching coaches in the country and in top programs, or you're going to have a buddy cashing a big check that that I know you hope to do someday as well. But um, testament to you guys, man. You guys have worked really hard. You got a bunch of kids from that class that you played ball with that are all succeeding in their own situations. And again, it was a group of kids that got together and you guys worked hard. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, the first thing I want to ask you though, um, real quick, uh, what's it feel like for you? Just real quick. Just tell me like sitting here today, knowing where you're going in the next couple of months, did you think you'd get here? You know, it's just a, it's a great feeling to set a goal for yourself and be able to detain that you know that I've been working on this since I first made it to varsity my sophomore year and I told Tim Funkhauser that uh I'd play any position he wanted for me I just wanted to be on the field and let the team win you mean you didn't go up to the coach and say coach I play shortstop I don't play outfield or God. coach I play you don't he didn't do that no. <laughs> <laughs> no it was funny because they had a they had a you went through some interesting things as a high school player you you got an opportunity because an outfielder got hurt. Is that right? Or was it a, or the infielder? It was the infielder. Oh, yeah, the infielder was out. Yep. So you played short, and 
you took advantage of that and you played good at short, but you hit. Yeah. You hit thing. really well. If you hit, you don't sit. So <laughs> that's right. So when the shortstop came back and he was really good, we just mentioned him, Jordan Hoving. I yes, mean, sir. he was the dude, right? Coach is like, We we gotta keep him in the lineup. Number one, you hit. Number two, you were electric on the base paths. You were a smart baseball player, and all you did was find a way. And I remember watching you play in the outfield that year, and, and I watched you make a catch in Alton. And I remember I was with some friends of mine, and they were they were marveling at what a great outfielder you were. And I said, you do know that kid played short earlier in the year, and it was good. And they were like, really? And I said, yes, he could, you could put him anywhere. You know, I say all the time, guys like you, okay, it's a great line for me. I could drop you off in the middle of Times Square in a snowstorm in a pair of bikini briefs, and you would show up on my doorstep with a million-dollar tan and a million-dollar smile. Yes, sir. You sure would, because that's you're just a doer. You just get things done. Um, so I'm gonna, uh, we're going to listen to a, a quick segment, and when we come back, we're going to find out how you got there, what it takes to get there, and learn a little bit about you and where you're going, because I think people are going to want to remember your name. I really do. Yes, sir. All right. Sounds good. All right. As we do each and every week, um, we want to remind you, we are Youth Baseball Talk. Check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. When you go to the website there, you can subscribe to the podcast, which is absolutely free. Uh, You can also do your shopping at Amazon, which helps us cover some production costs. You just click the Amazon banner. Um, We would greatly appreciate it. Some of you guys are doing that. It means a lot to us. The other thing you can do there is go back. We're on you know, we're, we're approaching 200 episodes. You can go back and listen to some of the old ones. They still always apply. Uh, we've had some unbelievable guests on here. You might find a topic that applies to something you're going through if you're new to the show. Please go back and listen to them. You can go all the way back to the beginning. You just scroll down and then keep paging back. You'll find them all. Uh, social media is our big ask of you. You can find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. That's our, our other ask. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, like our page and then click invite your friends anybody involved in this wonderful game of baseball please invite them to like our page Um, Instagram as well youth baseball talk Uh, you can find us as associated with lineupmedia.fm the fastest growing podcast company on the planet but now home to yo radio Um, I'm going to tell Colin right now to get his iPhone out go to the app store download yo radio the newest internet radio station lots of cool stations coming lots of influencers joining we're going to have a baseball channel on there there's just some interesting people that you're going to see keep popping up having their own stations on Yo! Radio. Make sure you check it out. Again, that's from our friends at lineupmedia.fm. Uh, my producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thanks to them for all they do. And again, um, uh, the rope trainer, I couldn't do it without those guys. We're going to start this week with our rope report and hear from my man, Kurt McNabb, as he brings you the rope report each and every week, sponsored by theropetrainer.com. And again, his wonderful place of business, Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Couldn't do it without him. Please join us, guys. Happy to have you a part of it. Let's hear what Kirk's got for us. Thanks, Jim. And here we go, Dirtbags, with this week's Rope Report. And what an incredibly exciting report I have for you. This Rope Report is specifically on what is happening with the rope trainer, Earl Perrin, the inventor of the rope, and the rest of the team. All this year, I've been talking about how to build your culture, your mindset, and your trusted network of people who are all going to be pulling in the same direction if you want to be a success today, tomorrow, and always. Well, we've been doing the exact same thing behind the scenes with the rope trainer, and it started way back in January at the ABCA convention. We met as a group, Jim included, and laid out a plan that included these same specific areas for our 2018 year year mission. Jim and I would carry on with youth baseball talk and the rope report, and Earl walked away with his to-do list. 
With our plan and culture in place, Earl went and visited and shared our plan and culture with John Smoltz. The outcome was that John left the meeting even more excited than he already is about the rope and told Earl that he was all in. John Smoltz said he was all in on the rope trainer. To prove it, he reached out to a contact of his at the Lake Point Sports Complex in Georgia to introduce him to Earl and the rope trainer and see about getting him an on-site kiosk at their summer tournaments. For anyone who doesn't know or hasn't heard of Lake Point Sports Complex, it's home base for perfect game. Yes, that same perfect game that's the number one baseball scouting service in the country. They told Earl that if John Smoltz said the rope trainer is the best throwing tool in the game and they had to include it at their tournaments, then we want it at all of our tournaments throughout the summer this year. Well, Earl just finished his first event over the Memorial Day weekend, and not only was he blown away by the tournament, but the rope knocked it out of the park. Trust me, we're all on cloud nine here because we knew the rope trainer can help your mechanics and build arm health because it incorporates your entire body in the throwing motion. It works for all players at all ages, whether you play baseball or softball. Yeah, that's right. We have softball versions as well. So let's take some time and reflect for a moment on where the rope trainer stands right now. Here's just a sample list of who trusts and believes in the rope trainer 100%. We've got MLB Hall of Fame inductee and MLB broadcaster, John Smoltz. Professional, professional athletic trainer to John Smoltz and others specializing in rotational and body movement, Chris Verna. You have your own youth baseball talks, Jim Cromer. We have perfect game at the Lake Point Sports Complex. We have PV Baseball out of Atlanta, Georgia, that does all the data analytics to prove that it's the best product out there versus other present ones. We have Dirtbag Baseball Nation and the voice of the rope report, myself, Kirk McNabb. That's just a few of the people that are following and loving what the rope can do for themselves, their programs, etc. You obviously love what Jim is doing here on Youth Baseball Talk or you wouldn't listen in every week. So if you haven't gone ahead and got your own rope trainer for your son or daughter, what are you waiting for? Seriously, what are you waiting for? Listen to Jim and I and trust us as well because we're not here to talk about, promote, or sell you crap. You know that. That's not our objective and we wouldn't fall for that. That's not what we're here to do. We want to help you be the absolute best you that you can be as a player, coach, a parent, and an entire organization. All you have to do is pick up a phone and call 226-821-2402 to talk directly with me, or you can email me at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com if you want any further information on how to use the rope or any other information you want on pitching or throwing. You can also go directly to www.theropetrainer.com to buy one now. Be sure to use the code DIRTBAG and the number 5, that's DIRTBAG and the number 5 at checkout, so they know you heard about it here on The Rope Report. I thank you all for listening and being as passionate about this great game of baseball as we are. Good luck this week, Dirtbags, with your games and practices. And remember to always 
get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff as always. And again, um, congratulations to all of our friends over at the Rope Trainer, John Smoltz, Earl Parent, Chris Verna. Um, they're going to do wonderful at Lake Point. And again, it's the, it's the place to be if you're involved in this great game of, of baseball, especially at that level. Um, okay, let's get to my man, Colin Clayton. Colin, as I mentioned earlier, I watched you as a youngster. Um, do you remember? Here's a great thing for you. Do you remember your first baseball game? Yeah. You do? Yep. Uh, Maryville Draws Park. Maryville Draws Park, yeah, okay. The green team, Smile for Life Dentistry. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if you had the jersey somewhere. but um, uh, So, Smile for Life Dentistry. Was dad coach? Yep. Dad was coach. Yes, sir. Um, any friends left from that team? Uh, Trey Riley. Trey Riley was on that team? Yep. Been so, playing with him for 13 years. So, now were you friends before the team, or did you, is that how you met? That's how we met. You're kidding me. Yes, sir. Are you serious? Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, I've never asked you about this before. So your dad then, obviously, because you guys aren't really from around here, are you? Your dad's not from here, right? No, he's from St. Louis. Okay, he's from St. Louis, and your mom's from? Carbondale. Carbondale. So you guys wind up here. Yeah. P.J. Riley is from here. So you guys played drills for So immediately you guys probably become friends, you and Trey? Oh, yeah. Two, two best players on the team. Just day one, huh? Yeah. Day one. So your dad and, and, and let me tell you, your dad and – PJ or Peas and Pod, those oh two. Oh, my gosh. So you guys start this friendship. So you remember your first game, right? So um, how long did you do the that type of baseball before it, it gravitated into something else? Well, everyone knew that we were kind of a higher level of – we are at a higher level of play. And my dad wanted, my dad and PJ wanted to, uh, wanted to get us into some higher level baseball. So we uh, made our first travel team, Illinois Tigers. Yeah, so – the age group just happened to work out where, you know, P.J. had played P, – Trey's dad had played at SIU and then got a cup of coffee with the – was it Houston? Houston Astros. Yep, Astros. Houston Astros. Um, your dad was a standout player in Carbondale, right? Right. Okay. And then you happened to meet and, be, and, and they're friends with Joe Wallace, who was the catcher at Oklahoma State and played double-A baseball for the Cardinals, and he has a son that's a catcher. Yes, sir. So now you guys got the makings of a team. And, again, I watched as this thing kind of formed and got out and watched you guys. What do you remember being the biggest difference? Was it just very simply that all 10 kids, all 11 kids could catch, throw, swing a bat at a young age versus, like most little league teams, there's a few kids that can really play. There's a few kids that just kind of want to have fun. There's a few kids that, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, may not even want to be there. Yeah, and some kids just their parents signed them up and didn't want to be there, which is okay. Yeah. You, you know, you introduce them to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and I know you. You've had friends over the year, over the years that just kind of decide baseball is no longer for me. Baseball is no longer for me. Baseball is no longer. For me. That's okay. I mean, it's it's there's nothing wrong with it. Um, so you guys get a taste that you guys are really good um, for years, and then you guys have a nice little run in high school where you guys have pretty good teams, and and you know you get to compete. What do you think? Um, high school baseball taught you the most well let's take it back i want to take one step back you played in a higher level select situation and i know your coaches okay there's no slack there there's no baby there was no baby in going on with joe with your dad with pj with mr brinkman right he was one of your coaches too right there was no babying going on there right all right um this might be a little personal but was it hard sometimes Mm -hmm. You, you know, can be we honest. Our, we had our shortcomings, you know. Uh, you know, tough times came, with dad sometimes. Yep, but uh, 
you know, I wouldn't be the person I am right now. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I've had talks with Tyler about it because, you know, I think sometimes I've said it all the time on the show. I think sometimes as coach and as dad, we think we're doing the right thing. And you look back on it and you look at a lot of mistakes you made. But Tyler was the first one to say, yeah, uh, yeah, but what about all the right stuff we did, right? Like, you know, yeah, you were hard on us, but but then when I got to high school where it was really supposed to be hard, it didn't seem so hard. When I got to college, it didn't seem so hard. I, You know, uh, there were things instilled in me as well. Yeah, sometimes you wish things didn't go a certain way, but would you agree with that statement, or do you think there's there's even bigger area to grow on from that statement? Oh, no, I agree with that totally. Uh you know, working hard whenever you're younger and then just knowing the game a lot growing up from great coaching and then high-level baseball growing up, it just – the game slows down to you and it just makes it easier for you. Well, and that's the thing I was going to ask you about because when you leave playing for your dad, you wind up going and playing for some, some program baseball and then you play in high school as well. Now, high school is a sophomore in, in our area, especially if you play varsity, it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's probably you know it's probably not South good, California good, but yeah. it's pretty good. Oh yeah. So, um, would you say that playing at that level made high school a little bit easier for you to adapt? Yes. So you do think there was value in that for you? Yes, hundred percent. You were a athlete. You played multiple sports. What other sports did you play? Uh, I wrestled, uh, played basketball, and just played baseball. Baseball is always. Did you mess around with football? Yes. You did mess around yep. football too. Was there another sport that you wanted to play and that you just couldn't because of baseball, or did you gravitate towards baseball and that was it? Uh, I always wanted to run track. And, uh, yeah, because you were fast. Yeah. You still are <laughs> getting faster. So, But, like, you know, did you ever feel like, man, I want to keep playing football or I want to keep playing basketball, but I just can't because of the dedication level baseball takes? Or. Did that decision get made for you? Did you make that decision? How did that work for you? Because we, we hear a lot more, more and more every day, people saying, play multiple sports, play multiple sports. That's not always as easy as it sounds sometimes. Right. No, I always – I felt like all throughout my sports career, I always knew that I was going to be a baseball player yeah. when I went to college. You know, I always thought uh, that was my best sport, that I worked, the, I worked the most at it. I was always on the field. <sighs> always played the most uh you know i I gotta ask you a question i want to hear it from you because we talk about it too much as people that don't have to live it i just mentioned to you that you hear it all the time play multiple sports play multiple sports play multiple sports i know your dad and i pj we have all had a conversation of how hard it is at our high school to play multiple sports and i'm talking about the big ones right right i i was telling somebody the other day i can't remember the last time we had a varsity player and i mean a player not a that played football basketball and baseball why do you think that is uh just because you know we come a, we're in a day right now where parents are kind of realizing that you know kids are most likely are going to play one are going to you know if they have a chance to be a college athlete they're only going to play one sport so they want them to focus on one sport and you know, they don't want to spend the money on multiple sports and stuff like that. And the, they don't have a car, you know, they can't drive. So growing up, you know, I just really think that, I don't know, one sport. Just, it's just uh, tough, huh? Yeah, just um, playing multiple sports in high school. That, it's a tough thing, especially at Edwardsville. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing, too. It, the, you can bury your head in the sand, but 
let me ask you this. Let me pick you up and move you to um, smaller town USA, right? Nothing against them and their programs because there's no. tons of gr- – that's not my point. My point is where there's less athletes, right? Right. So they have to – So could amazing. you have seen yourself playing three sports if you were in a smaller school? Oh, yeah, for sure. You think you would have, oh, huh? Yeah. I might have been a four-sport athlete at a really? one or two A school. So you would have given the opportunity. Huh, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, okay, so you parlay um, – and I'm going to ask you. We're going to talk about it because because if guys like you won't talk about it, it's not the truth. You had you were a Division One talent coming out of high school. There's no doubt about that. Yes, sir. I you know I'm good friends with Darren Hendrickson. We know you know Darren. Yep. He was a big fan of yours. St. Louis University head baseball coach. They're having a great run right now, right? Oh yeah. In the NCAA, uh, he told me numerous times, you you were you you could play there. You could have played there. You could have played anywhere. But there's one reason you didn't. Say it out loud. Grades. Say it. That's right. Um, if you could go back and do it all over again, what do you? What would you do different? Not one thing. Not one thing. No, sir. You'd take that junior college route. Still. Yes, sir. Yeah. I needed to go there. I needed yeah. to see some stuff. I needed to learn the game more. You know, there, I know there's more to the game. That's right. why I'm going. The school I'm going to. Yep. Um, as far as the grades go, um, but you've made yourself into a pretty good student athlete now Um, you think for you it might have just been maturity yeah you know all kids mature a little bit differently you think yeah i just i i baseball was first all in high school yeah you know that's that's what i wanted to do i felt like god put me on this earth to to play baseball right that's what i wanted to do but now now as you mature up you're realizing the grade yeah (laughs) better be there yeah um and look at the doors that open for you too um did that bother you when you were in high school did you did you ever get upset with yourself and look back and think, man, I could be doing this or I could be doing that if, if, I, if I had better grades? Did it yeah, bother you? Yeah, until I got to John A. Logan. Yeah, did you have a misconception about JUCO? I think JUCO, is, uh, there's a misconception, and we'll talk about it real quick. I think people look at JUCO as, oh, it's just junior college. I don't think people realize how good the baseball oh, is at junior yeah. college. It's, yeah. it's littered with guys like yourself, Division One talented players that either didn't – your grades weren't awful – like you could have got in some schools. The problem was you weren't going to get any academic money no. to help. And guys, and we talk about this all the time. You lived it. There's no full rides in baseball. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Nope. The full ride situation is specifically, and let's be honest here, it's you're going to get X amount of money for grades, X amount of money for baseball, and that's how it works mm-hmm. in the end. So looking at it, and is and the way you go through it, um, you. You take this opportunity to go play at Logan where, let's face it, um, and, and anybody that knows anything about it is there's all, also a lot of guys, a lot of guys in JUCO that could have went to these other schools. They go there because they can be drafted into the major leagues after one year versus three years if you go to a four-year school. That's another attraction to junior college, and that's why I think you guys show up sometimes and see guys that are 94, 95 mile an hour guys in JUCO, and you're like, man, why isn't this guy at Oklahoma State, or why isn't this guy at Arizona? Why isn't mm-hmm. this guy? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because he wanted to go another year of school, and he wants to be draft eligible. So you see that kind of talent there as well. Yes, sir. You know, I've been drafted. I've been draft eligible since my senior year of high school. I have five years of draft eligibility. So if you know, I I had a breakout season this year, right? And something might happen. You know, yeah. I think that's just the biggest advantage. Yeah. Um. And it and you have options, right? So as you as you become 
older, more mature, stronger. Um, you have all these options. For you, what you've done is you put yourself in a situation now where um, it was great, too, because, you know, like I said, following you from afar, so to speak, um, you sit back and you watch. And, you know, Trey, your buddy Trey, yep. uh, Trey Riley, um, he's an example of the other route. Um, he was uh, he had an opportunity at, at a major tournament in Atlanta. He threw an unbelievable game against a top program in the country, and the Oklahoma State people were there, right? right. We had him on the show. You guys, you can go back to about this time a year ago. No, two years ago, and you would have heard from Trey, right? Yeah, right. two years ago uh, about his opportunity. So he goes, um, he goes there, doesn't work out for him. Here's our big guy from our area, 90-mile-an-hour guy, Trey Riley. We all know how good he is. He goes off to Oklahoma State, and it doesn't work out. He leaves and comes to Logan with you. Now, this year, he, uh, he, here's a guy now, mind you. And, and remember, we, we, ta- we say this in, almost in jest, right? Here's a guy. Couldn't find any innings for him at Oklahoma State. He goes to where you're at. I believe he threw 57 innings this year and had 97 strikeouts. Yeah. And he's throwing about 94, 95 with two, plus, two other plus pitches. So they're talking about him going anywhere from late first to the third round. Is that what you're hearing, too? Yep. Um, he's flying all over the country right now doing the pro days, right? Right. He's in Chicago right now. Yeah. So um, the bottom line is he's either going to cash check or he's going to go with you to MSU, right? Yep. Um, what was that like uh, for you? Um, you know, you're there. You're, you're, you're at Logan. You're trying to impress coaches every game. And you're watching your lifelong buddy just dazzle on the mound. What was that like for you? Oh, it was just great. I loved every second of it. He, you know, in high school he had a little bit of control issues, but, uh, you know, he figured it out. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. So he's got coaches coming in and watching him. He commits to Missouri State, right? He's going to go to Missouri State. Great move for him, too. They're, you know, the pitching coach here is the best in the country. Oh, yeah. One of the best. No doubt. Well, tied for first. How about that? I mean, everybody goes, oh, whatever. Tied for first, right? So Missouri State is there watching him, and like this happens, who do they see out there and who do they impress with? Colin Clayton. So you start talking to them. You had some other options, right? Yes, sir. Um, what drew you to Missouri State? Uh, just that was that was my first visit out of high school yep. when I didn't get the job done in the classroom, yep. and I felt like home. You know, that's a great story, too, by the way. I forgot about that. You, they were interested in you. They wanted you. The grades weren't there. You made a commitment to go down to Logan and do your part. And Missouri State almost held up their end of the bargain for you. They come back and got you when it was op- when the opportunity was right. That's a pretty, pretty good story, wouldn't you agree? Yes, sir. Um, now, they have a, a really good coach and Coach Gutton. They've got an unbelievable staff, and they work their butts off down there. You're going to fit in good down there because that's – you know, they pride themselves on not being outworked, uh, not being defensively. They're going to love you down there, man, after watching all these years. This is going to be kind of fun for you. Um Still a great decision for you, even if uh, your buddy Trey doesn't go down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the place for you. Yes, sir. Um, my guess is you have uh, dreams and aspirations that you're going to hear your name called here next week, right? Someday. I hope so. Someday. Um, what happens if you get their, your name called next week? You know, I'm going to highly consider it. Yeah. Uh, talk to my family about it. Talk to my coach at John A., yep. Kyle Supernaut, and uh, go yep. from there. If the number's right, then. Yeah. Um, what's that like? I'm sure you've talked to some some guys. Um, 
what's that like when you start talking to to pro guys about opportunities and where they what they think of your game and what's that like you know you just you just look back all the work you've put in and it's finally worth something you know all those days out in the heat you know all those days taking ground balls in the field you know just just all comes together in the process it's not over yet but it's all it's almost all i ever wanted you know and the thing is um you know I, I, there's got to be, and here's why it's so hard. This is what makes what you guys do so special. Every guy knows somebody maybe like you. And I tell people this all the time. If anybody deserves an opportunity, it's you. I mean, you've been home for, how long have you been home? Um, Since from Logan. What, you guys been home? Two three weeks, weeks? Two weeks, three two, weeks? Two, three weeks. Uh, my guess is you've been to the field no less than 20 times, working every day, still on your game. Yep, I sounds mean, about right. It's every day. Uh, you're hitting every day. You're fielding every day. This is supposed to be a little bit of a break for you before you get back at it. No, um, no break. There's there no are break. no breaks. <laughs> no yeah, break. See, went to hit earlier today and then lifted. Now I'm here and I'm going back to the field, take some ground balls after this. <laughs> um, you know, and that's the thing. You know, do, how good do you, you know? It's funny. My my friend Benji Molina and I know you've you, you you've heard him on the show. He always says, "How good do you want to be? How good do you want to be? I mean, it takes." a tremendous amount of work to be as good as you really want to be it there are no breaks there's no shortcuts there's no taking a break i mean you're listen i've known you i've said it a hundred times i've known you for a long time you're how old are you now 20 you're 20 right now um you're a 20 year old man you just finished your your junior college you're getting ready i'm sure you'd like to take a day go swimming you know hang out with your buddies do this do i'm sure you'd love to Oh yeah, it just it <laughs> depends if you like beer better than baseball. That's what it comes down beer to. Beer or baseball? Yes. Sir. You can't do both. <laughs> I mean, you can, but <laughs> I know. Um, so, all right. So, we're we're living the dream, so to speak. We've got a couple more things that we need to do to find to really reach your your dream. Um, that being said, you've got a you definitely have a tremendous opportunity coming up for you in about a month. We were just talking about. Um, tell us a little bit about the junior college team USA and, and the opportunity that it looks like in front of you? Well, one day before a baseball game in a 38 degree baseball game going to Wabash, uh, I had coach Kyle Supernot pulled me and Trey Riley to the side and told us that, uh, we were nominated for the junior college team USA team this summer in, uh, Tyler, Texas. And wow. we're going to practice for a week or so down, in, down in Tyler, Texas. And then, uh, Go to Wichita, Kansas for a week and play, and then uh, carry. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you're going to play the 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 collegiate team USA. You're going to do all this kind of stuff. Get an opportunity. What's that going to mean for you? I mean, you've done a lot of cool things, right? You've done a lot of. You have dreams yet. Um, you know, I've talked to some people though involved with the Team USA thing. Can you even imagine what it's going to be like to put a jersey on that says USA on the front? You know, it it's going to be a surreal moment for me. You know, it's. It's just like a lot of more opportunities keep coming the more I play the game and the harder I work every day. You know, it's just it's all come together. Um, I want to ask you about something. Um, you know, people can't see you, but you're, you're an African-American male. They talk about trying to get more African-American males involved in the game of baseball. What does that mean to you when you hear that? Does it even, does it even register with you because you were given an opportunity, or do you think about – 
the fact that sometimes in the inner city, sometimes like that, there's a lot of tremendous athletes that aren't getting an opportunity to play baseball. Do you think about that, or does it, or is it something that's hard for you to even fathom? Well, I think it, I believe in the place you come from. Like say a place like East St. Louis, you know, kids growing up there, they the first thing they think of is I want to be a football player, or a basketball player, or a rapper. You know, that's, yeah. that's just how it is. You know. They don't have the resources or the opportunities that you know a place like Edwardsville does with the baseball world. And you know, know, you know what's amazing? I tell people this all the time. Your dad and PJ are probably aware of this. You know, right now you brought up East St. Louis, um, and I and I know why you brought it up. It's because they're in your conference. Um, you brought them up because of two reasons. Number one, whenever you play them in baseball, unfortunately, it's not even a competitive game. It's almost I hate to use this term, but it's almost not worth the game it's right not, it's, it's not it's like you're not competing for anything okay. but it's you know it's kind of sad but. now what's amazing about it though is i tell people this all the time what's what's amazing is they were a tremendously talented baseball program in the 80s and the 70s. oh yeah they, they still have the most draft picks in the okay. southwestern conference unbelievable and for it to change now to your point and i think you're right i think there's some perception you know what do i want to do what's going on right now i say all the time nothing attracts people to something like winning right well their football team Goes on this unbelievable run, right? Nationally, locally, nationally, and I, to your point, I think a lot of kids are like, "Man, I'll play football. I'm gonna play football. I'm gonna play football." It just changes and it ebbs and flows. But to your point, the opportunities that are, that are afforded to some kids aren't afforded to others. And you know, people talk. Keith Hernandez just came out, talked about the game of baseball, how he thinks travel baseball has not afforded some kids the opportunities that other kids get, and it's and it's killing the game. Um, you know. You've always just kind of put your head down and went out and played. Um, we talked a little bit about, for you, you know, from what I understand, Missouri State, what they loved about you is you could play anywhere. They talked about how hard you could work. They talked about how good they thought you still were going to be on top of where you were at. Um, again, no different than any other sport for any other kid that has decided, this is what I want to do. And – you know, you think about, and, and again, like the reason I brought it up is because you, know, you hear that, but at some juncture, the kid, I don't care if he's black, white, yellow, green, red, doesn't matter to me, he's got to want to do it. I mean, that, that's the thing. You've made a conscious decision to forego other things in your life to dedicate your life to baseball. And you said earlier, you wouldn't trade a thing, wouldn't change a thing. And, you know, you're to be commended for that. It's an amazing thing. I've enjoyed watching you grow. Um, you know, what's next for you? Like, um, you know, give me your dream scenario. What's your dream scenario, Colin? Major League Baseball. Yeah. I know. I, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was talking to somebody, like I said, another person about you today. And, you know, I, I, I say this all the time. Darren Hendrickson gave you a great compliment when you are in high school. He said, this kid's going to show up on somebody's campus, and he's going to help them win right away. He's a baseball player. He goes, I, you know, you see all these talented kids that get in a cage and they hit it 100 miles an hour or they hit it 400 feet or they throw it 95 miles an hour or they're really fast or they're this or they're that. This kid is going to do nothing but show up and help you win right away. Right. Control not, what you can control. Well, I'm just not real sure, to be honest with you. Now, listen, you've, you, you, your best friend's probably getting ready to, to be a millionaire. He throws a baseball 95 miles an hour, and he has two other plus pitches. Um, you played a little bit of baseball with Drake Westcott, the kid going to Louisville. Chances are he's someday going to hit – he might hit 40 home runs in a big league someday. I mean, or he may – who knows, right? He might hit 40 home runs in the big leagues. But 
a guy like you, all you do is go out and help people win. I'm not quite sure you could give somebody a better compliment if you're Coach Hendrickson, a coach, than all this guy's going to do up is show up and help me or somebody else win baseball games. It's a pretty good compliment. Oh, yeah. And that's, the be- that's my main goal every time I step on the field. You know, if I'm not playing to win, I'm not going to play good. That's just that, you know. I want to win, you know. You you look at me dead in my eye and you see the fire and the passion when I get on the field, you know. I I want to show kids, you know, what winning is all about because that's just me, you know. That's all my that's all I want to do all my life. I want to ask you one thing before you go. Um I asked you about this your senior year. You were a little fr- you had a your senior year did not go as well as you thought it would. No, sir. And you were frustrated. And I asked you this question. Do you remember this? Are you playing because you love it right now or are you playing to get recruited? Remember that? Me and you having that conversation? Mm-hmm. And you answered me honestly. It was a struggle for you because you were worried about getting recruited. How You've obviously learned from that because it completely changed in your sophomore year at Logan. Complete opposite than your senior year in high school. Is that just a maturity mental thing? I've did, you, did you fall back on that at all saying, I just got to go out and play and do what I can do? You know, it's it comes back to how high of a level of baseball you play and learning the game. You know, there's, you know, there's so much more to the game when you get the higher and higher you go. You know, I just the IQ of the game, just knowing, knowing the game. That's really it. You know, cause I just made, it slows the game down. You know, it's, it is amazing. Like I said, you watch and, and live through somebody and watch it. You were in the same situation this year. You were as a, as a senior. You were a talented player. You weren't sure where you're going to go to school. You're pressing. You know, you had the talent. Everybody saw it. I knew you weren't happy. You wanted to go play D1 baseball because you had earned that through your abilities. I know at first the thought of playing JUCO wasn't appealing to you. You realized that it was the right spot for you. As a sophomore, though, in junior college, you're faced with the same thing. Where's Colin going to go to school for two more years? I don't know. All these schools are talking to him. Nobody's made – And all you did was go out, and I mean, you dominated. It's funny. I I tell people all the time, guys are coming to watch Trey Riley, and here's this guy that they play him at short one day, center field, first base, third base, left field. They put a glove on you, and you played everywhere. You were the best player on the field, and all you did was – I mean, at one time you were hitting like 480 in one of the best junior college conferences in the country. I mean, so much different just two years later. I mean, the mental maturity – the physical maturity, but to your point, the level that you played just stepped up your game. I mean, that's amazing. I, like I said, I, you're an example of what this is supposed to be. And I tell people this all the time. You can talk about whether or not you like select baseball. You can talk about whether or not you think it's over the hill. You can talk about all these things you want to talk about. But in the end, it's supposed to work like this. Would you say you're a positive story to this point? Yeah, for sure. You've seen some negative ones? Yes. I've had my shortcomings. But you've had some friends, too, that have went through scenarios where they didn't work out for them. Yeah. Do you learn anything from those? Yeah. I mean, is it is it hard to watch a friend it not work out for them? Or? It really is, honestly. You know, whenever you're, you go out of the wire for them, with them, every time throughout high school, you know, you batting right behind him, you know, Jordan Hovey batting right behind him every single game my junior year of high school, you know, and it's it, he's been to three different schools now in three years, and it, I know it's hard for him, you know, but I know he's a fighter, and I know he's he'll be fine. 
Yeah, I, it's a it's an interesting thing because you look at he's a majorly talented guy. Oh yeah. I mean, and um, you know, just when you think he's going to turn a corner, but he's a guy that's got this unbelievable talent. I mean, it, it, if he puts it together for a full season, I could see him getting a, getting a shot like yourself, no doubt about it. Oh yeah. Um, but he's a good player, man, and he's he's again my son loves when you guys are all working out because it just makes him realize what he's got to do if he wants to play at another level. And, you know, I tell people this all the time, too. I watch him work out with you guys and realize he's got so far to go. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes, you know, it's humbling for him, humbling for me as a parent, especially sometimes when you think he's getting to a place and, and he's getting better and doing all this kind of stuff. The truth of the matter is, you know, some of these guys um, I don't think realize what it really takes. And, you know, it's hard to get – I've never been upset about it. It is hard to be upset when a 15-year-old kid doesn't understand what it takes. But you were an interesting 15-year-old kid. I remember you at 15. You got it at a young age. I, I mean, do you think there's any rhyme or reason for why you got it earlier than some kids did? I, I, I don't know that there is. Do you think there is? I would be curious to know. Well, I just figured out. I, I love the game of baseball. I love what I do, so I want to do it as much as possible. So you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the field every day. I'm going to, I'm going to hit every day. I'm going to do something every day. It might be, it might be five minutes. It might be five swings off the tee. It might be thirty swings off the tee. You know, it just it, something every day. Something every day. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, we talk about. It. I, it's hard to. Again, it's hard to be upset with a 15 year old kid because he doesn't understand it just yet. Right, it is. It's hard. I because I mean I, I say all the time, fifteen year old kids don't know their butt from a hole in the ground. Sometimes <laughs> I say, and when you see a kid that's fifteen and he gets it at such a young age, it's like it's kind of refreshing, and it is something that's special. And you're a special player, man. From the from the day you step foot on the field, um, you know you got an you know you're an example of a kid that got an opportunity and you took advantage of it. I mean, kids, I don't know that people appreciate the opportunities that they get as much as you do. I don't. I mean, I, I say it all the time. People want things handed to them. People want this. People want that. But you were given an opportunity as a sophomore, and you never looked back. It's impressive. You know, your run's been pretty darn impressive here, bud. I, <laughs> you just keep you just keep upping the ante, and I really think that's all you can do. I mean, I honestly, I, I'm excited to see what your future holds. Um, I'd sure love to hear your name called in a couple weeks. I know what that would mean to you. Oh, yeah. You know, I know what it would mean to your your family, but. I know what it would mean to you. I've never. I, it's funny, you know. You, you have, you know. Yeah, I have my own kids, but I've never. I don't know that I've ever wanted something more for somebody that I'm not related to more than I want that for you because I, I think you, you're the kind of person that deserves a shot. You are. You're the kind of kid that deserves a shot. Now, listen, there's tons of kids out there probably just like Colin Clayton deserve a shot. Um, you know, I find it hard to believe there's anybody out there who's worked harder than you. <laughs> I really do. Uh, as, as Tony LaRusso said, there may be guys out there that, that work really hard, but you're probably tight for first because there's nobody out working you. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure, man. I, I, I love really, thank you. I love chatting with you. I love watching what you're going through. I mean, it's an amazing thing, and um, thank you for including my son. And when you go out and work and trying to teach him some stuff and means a lot, man. You're doing it for a lot of kids, not just mine. But but I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if you know I'm sick. It, doesn't matter if I, you know, got a hurt thumb, you know. I'm, there might be a kid out there watching in the stands, you know, yeah. that needs inspiration, you know. Does that I matter? i got to go play. Do you think about that stuff? Does it really, like, because when you play games, there's people there watching, and there's going to be even more the, the older you get. Is that? 
Do you think about the people that are there watching you and what they think of you? Does it matter to you? You know, I I don't think about what the bad things they say. Yeah. I think about, you know, how is he going to do, you know? Yeah. How is he going to do today? How is he going to play? How is he going is he yeah. going to help his team win? Is he going to go on hell or high water? Yeah. To to win a baseball game. And that's all that matters. Yeah. No, that's I tell you what, uh, I I say this this is, you know, the the last thing I'll say about you is um your name came up in another conversation and they said what kind of player is he I said I'd pay to watch him and they said what do you mean I, they, I did he get I said no he's not a professional yet but what I'm saying is is that if Colin Clayton came to town and um and I didn't know him I just knew of him and they said hey they're playing over here and it's ten bucks to get in I'd pay ten bucks to go watch him play <laughs> because I I love to watch guys that play the way you play. You, you're you may beat out a bunt one hit. You might hit a sacrifice fly with a runner on third. In a tight ball game, you'll hit a ground ball to second to move a runner from second to third and let somebody else drive in the run. You'll make diving plays on gravel warning tracks. You'll run in defenses for balls. Um, if the coach says, "Colin, I need you to do this," you'll do it. I, you're as selfless a player as I've ever seen. You work as hard as anybody I've ever seen. And of anybody I've ever seen, you deserve an opportunity, and I hope you get it, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank I you really so do. much. I appreciate it. Um, again, um, just a great kid that honestly deserves an opportunity, and I sure hope he gets one. Like I said, I'm not a 1,000% sure um, what his future holds when it comes to professional baseball, but I do know right now that um, he's going to get an opportunity to go play with some of the best players of, of his age group and, and above. Um, when he when he joins that Team USA team this summer in, in Texas, um, you know, <laughs> again he's going to to Missouri State, which is a, is one of the top baseball schools around for sure in in this area and a very well respected program. He's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do, which, in my opinion, means everything. Um, how could you? How could it not? I mean, if if I was, you know, if I was him, all I'd want is an opportunity. That's all he wants. And again, I I I think the world of him. Um, you just It's just a pleasure, to be quite honest with you. And like I meant what I said. I'd pay to watch him play because he's going to find some way to help and he's going to play the game like he knows that you paid to watch him play. And that's all you can really ask for. So I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, he's an example. And, and that's what I was – you know, here's an example of a kid that went through it and worked really, really hard to get what he felt like was his. You know, he didn't sit back and wait for somebody else to do this. He didn't – didn't moan and pout, what about me, what about this, what about that. All he did was take an opportunity and do something with it. And isn't that really the way it's supposed to be? How hard do you want to work? He's an example of how hard do you want to work. I tell people that all the time. There's all kinds of people out there that want to play. There's all kinds of people out there that want to start. All kinds of people that want this and want that. But how many of them are willing to work harder than anybody else? And that's what it comes down to. What are you willing to do to achieve your dream? Now, dreams are tough. Um, I'm not a dream killer. I say it all the time. I'm never going to tell my kid or some other kid the odds. I'm not, they know them. Anybody that truly is knee-deep in this knows the odds are against them. That's why I love kids like that. They know, but they don't care. That's where the great stories come from. You know, don't tell me the You know, I think Luke's, Luke, uh, not Luke, Han Solo in Star Wars said, never tell me the odds. You know, there's people like that in this world. Colin's one of those guys. I don't care about the odds. I'm just going to go do my thing. 
you know, I'm going to find a way. And I, I wouldn't bet against him. Listen, if you're a betting person, I wouldn't bet against this one. In fact, if anybody wants to bet against him, I'll take some bets because <laughs> I have a feeling I may wind up with some money. Um, again, hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, just an example of the way it's supposed to work. Um, you know, like I said, I've, you know, I, I watched it unfold, um, saw some things, learned from them. Um, as you heard him mention, things weren't always peachy and rosy with his dad when his dad was coaching. We've all learned from those things, right? We've all, we've all tried to get better as coaches, as as parents, as as you know. I'm sure he would say as a, as a son and as a player, um, things aren't don't aren't always swimmingly. Things don't always go swimmingly. Um, learn from it, move on, understand, try to get better. Uh, that's what we're trying to do here. Same thing for coaches, right? We're all trying to get better. But I wish him luck. And, again, I'll be looking for his name in the draft. Um, I don't care if it's first round or the last round. This kid deserves an opportunity to play, and I sure hope he gets it. Um, hope you enjoyed that interview. Time now to uh, hit one of our other segments from some of the great people that are involved in the game of baseball. Got uh, my man Justin Stone, EliteBaseball.tv. And, of course, if you're not listening to EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week on Youth Baseball Talk, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, I know uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous amount of information that you and anybody else can use, whether you're a coach, player, or a parent, EliteBaseball.tv. Let's hear what they have for us this week. Hey, Jim, Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv, and it's this time of year that I get some new clients coming into our facility and taking lessons, and the new clients are usually coming in in some sort of panic mode. And the reason being that we're halfway through the season, and we're just now figuring out that we have some drastic swing flaw that's preventing success in the game. Now, ideally, these type of people are coming in in October and training throughout the year, but the first thing I have to make them recognize is that everybody has swing flaws in youth baseball. And really what you're trying to do during the season is not overhaul a complete swing, but just understand what your swing flaws are and find some drill work that helps you manage it. But the biggest issue that I see, that when we have these mid-season crises, is that it's not going to be a major swing overhaul that takes place. That isn't even what I would recommend at this time of the year because you can actually go backwards well before you go forwards. That's an off-season change. But there are some things fundamentally that we can do with your body that will prepare you to make those season changes at the end, but even make your swing better by becoming functionally stronger. And here's what I mean by this. We have the classic rollover swing, the front shoulder flying off, the bat that cuts in and out of the zone, the low success rate when that happens because our timing window is so short. Yeah, we see the swing flaws that are taking place, but in reality, we lack scapular stability. We lack scapular strength. We lack the ability for core stabilization to get that leg energy to travel up the body. And those are things that'll make your swing better by just getting functionally stronger. We can do that within the season. So instead of thinking, I need to change my entire swing with four weeks left to go in the season, we want to learn what the swing flaws are. Yes, do a little bit of drill work to manage those swing flaws, but here is something that you can do three times a week, regardless of your game schedule. And that's get into a plank position while you're watching TV and do forward and side planks. Kick up in the handstands on the wall, get a kettlebell, and start doing rows and overhead carries, these are the things that are going to make you better within the game in a very short amount of time. I usually tell players this is three or four weeks of doing this three times a week and already you're going to see a difference in your swing without doing any different drill work whatsoever. It's being functionally strong enough to get your body to do the mechanics you're trying to achieve. 
And you can't have the, the swing mechanics you're looking for without having the functional strength first and the mobility that goes along with it. So those are things that we need to be addressing, whether you're eight years of age, 15 years of age, or 28 years of age and still playing. Mobility drills, functional strength drills, and these need to be worked on just as much as you're working on the fundamentals of the game because you won't have the fundamentals you're looking for without the strength first. So make it easy for you right here. For every one hour you spend practicing baseball, and that's during the season, we know we're practicing less because you're playing more games. You need to spend one hour on your body. So for the last four weeks, as you're training, as you're practicing, and as you're still playing, that's your challenge from me. One hour on your body for every one hour you spend practicing. We have a way that you can do this if you want to follow along on what we prescribe as being the drills that are going to help you best to get functionally stronger and aid your mobility. We have a whole section of our website that's brand new at EliteBaseball.tv that is specific to youth baseball players getting functionally stronger to be better baseball players, to achieve the fundamentals that we're going to be looking for in season and when you start your out-of-season programs again. So check that functional strength section of our website. It's brand new. See it today at EliteBaseball.tv, free for you for 48 hours. Great stuff as always. And again, um, special thanks to, to all my friends over at EliteBaseball.tv, especially uh, some couple of the best guys in the country when it comes to what they do, and that's Justin Stone and Travis Kerber. Make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, last segment for this week as we keep rotating them through. Everybody's enjoying Dirk Dombrowski and everything he does with our PrecisionImpact.ca training tip of the week. Don't forget, PrecisionImpact.ca for your training needs. The streamlined and automated business that outsources all their warehousing and shipping to a third-party logistics company, that helps save on costs. That allows them to concentrate on just a couple of items. That way they can better service you. Uh, they offer volume discounts for schools and colleges. If you're looking to fully stock a new gym, team, or facility, they can help you. 2018, they're building that community from Coaches Forum through Facebook and YouTube channels. Give them an opportunity to, to help you as you become the best coach you can be, best trainer. Again, that's Dirk Dombrowski and my man Phil over at Precision Impact. You're going to want to check out precisionimpact.ca for a limited time when you check out. Don't forget, type in Youth Baseball Talk in the coupon area and receive yourself an additional 10%. Let's hear what they have for us this week. Take it away, Dirk. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Precision Impact. And on today's Impact Rundown, we're going to talk about how to get your players motivated to want to play for you or for the sport in general. I get a lot of questions all the time from some of the clinics that I run. How do you get kids motivated or desiring to be at practice and games? Sometimes this happens at some of the younger ages, but it continues to happen at some of the older age groups when the parents continue to sign their, their children up for these sports. A good coach can find a way to get even the least motivated children or child or player to be motivated about their circumstances. It's important that you get to know them a little bit if they're struggling to get motivated. Find out what it is, something that they like. Most or all players I find have a competitive side within them. You just need to somehow tap into it through a variety of perhaps races or uh, consequences or, or competitive natures in general because when kids are competitive, they tend to have a lot more fun with what it is they're doing. Always setting consequences or challenges to players, you'll find that their focus is less on this as an obligation and more as an opportunity. Again, talking to those players and finding out what it is exactly that makes them tick a little bit is going to help you figure out what types of consequences or what kinds of um, prizes or goals to have for these players. 
what works for one might not work for the other, but in general, if you can get them all being fairly competitive, you're gonna find that they wanna be there and that they're working close to their heart, their absolute uh, best. Talking to these kids and finding out what, where they would rather be is also something that you'd wanna talk to them about and trying to somehow inspire them that if they work hard here, it might make that a little bit better. Talking to the parents if it becomes an, uh, an ongoing issue is very important too to see if it is something that they, this is a place that they wanna be. Or the players might let them let you know that there's just something happening outside of the sport that is sort of taking them out of the sport and not and causing them not to be nearly as motivated. Kids these days lack motivation to some extent because hard work sometimes to, to, to players is something that they just don't want to necessarily take part in. Not realizing that putting in hard work now is going to make things a lot better in the future if they decide to continue into that sport or in life in general. Initially, putting in that hard work is going to teach them that they're going to wreak a lot of benefits later in life or at the very least enjoy the process a little bit more. A lot of coaches try to make things very fun, but it's very difficult to make an environment fun all the time. I try to use fun as a way of having fun being successful. So when we win games or when individual players are successful and perform well, they tend to have more fun. Rather than making it a more of a game and a circus kind of thing like that, I try to instill and motivate and inspire these athletes to remember when things go well and when we're winning and when we win games and when we're hitting the ball around and we're pitching well and, and making plays, we're having fun in the process. Fun, in my opinion, is a byproduct of being very successful on the field and off the field. And it instills confidence and courage which every kid and every player needs to start learning how to develop. Too many times we see a kid who lacks motivation and we put them on the back burner. We don't have time for them, but it's important that, you know, if you really try and connect with that young player, that they can be a very valuable asset to your team. Players like that who aren't addressed tend to bring down the rest of the team Instead, try and have them rise up and meet the rest of the team and show up and realize that they have something to contribute. They are valuable to the team. They are an asset to the community. All these types of things are gonna help them get inspired and motivated to show up and to be there. Leaders, good leaders, inspire other leaders. Good leaders bring up and they don't put down. So if you yourself consider yourself to be a lead, good leader, you shouldn't really be leaving players behind that lack a little bit of motivation. It just might take different strategies. It might take a little bit more work. It might just take some new innovative ideas to get these kids to find the motivation. And trust me, it's worth it. You as a coach and even myself, I learn a lot about myself and being a coach when I, when I come across players who aren't really motivated or who have other things pulling them and their attention away from the game. I learn a lot of strategies and ideas and tactics um, about how to inspire those types of athletes. You will also learn a lot about yourself when you run into a tough player who maybe isn't a great leader or doesn't work well with others or who isn't, isn't very motivated. Don't give up on them. Instead, quite the opposite, work harder to get them to buy into your culture. You might have to change some of your coaching strategies or tactics or anything like that or approaches to situations, and that's okay. Your cookie cutter coaching approach won't work perfectly for every team you play on or every team you coach or every player that you coach. It's important that you yourself and even myself as a coach need to be able to evolve 
depending on the player that you have. Now your, your goals and your expectations should never necessarily fluctuate other than maybe going up, but it's the process and how, it, how is it that you get your players to rise to your expectations and your goals. Those strategies will frequently change, sometimes even day to day, depending on the seasons or how they're playing or the, if you're on a winning streak or a losing streak, it's important that you try to keep them on some kind of consistent path. Things aren't going so well, that's okay, they stay on that consistent path. Things are going really, really well, they don't get too arrogant, they stay on that consistent path. And you'll find that players will start working well, better with other, others and they'll start putting in the work and start appreciating the things that you're doing and the organization and hopefully most of all, each other on the team. When players start caring for one another, the, the player on the right and the player on their left, you'll see a completely different player start to form. But if they genuinely don't care about their team or their coach or their sport, it's important you try and connect with them on some level and make them see the benefit or the um, the ability to perhaps have them have a little bit of fun through some success. Maybe they're just not w wanting to be there or they're not motivated because they're just not having any success. And that lack of success could be because you're not working with them or because a coach in the past refused to work with them or they just haven't had a coach to really take the time to find out what it is they exactly need. Remember, sometimes it's not always the players, but as a good coach and a good leader, we need to remember that a lot of the time it's gonna be on us. It's our, it's our issues and our things we need to deal with if we're one, one player is getting left behind. Good leaders give all the credit away when things are going well and when things aren't going well, we take it all on ourselves. Remember, it's not always them. A lot of the time it can be us as a coach needing to find a different way to connect with some of these players who aren't very motivated. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns on today's rundown, Leave a comment down below. Thanks. Tremendous stuff as usual from my man, Dirk. And again, I appreciate everything they do. Don't forget to type it in, precisionimpact.ca. Uh, Colin, they specialize in those those heavier sand type balls. Mm -hmm. How many of those do you think you hit over the years? Man, I, countless. Countless. <laughs> it's a good feel, right? It teaches you you got to drive through the ball. If you hit it right, you can tell the way it comes off of the bat. Would you say that was a good tool for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere, and, and you can get them there. Uh, quality product. They, they offer them at a very uh, competitive price. Make sure you check out precisionimpact.ca. It's going to do it for us again this week at Youth Baseball Talk. Again, special thanks to all my friends at The Rope Trainer. That's theropetrainer.com. Of course, precisionimpact.ca, and my man Justin Stone and Travis at elitebaseball.tv. You can find us at youthbaseballtalk.com, or you can subscribe to the show, listen to old shows, uh, do your shopping at Amazon and, and, and give us a little bit of an assistance there. We'd appreciate it. Uh, of course, you can find us on social media as well, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. Go to Facebook, uh, type in uh, Youth Baseball Talk. You can follow us on Facebook, invite your friends as well. And again, um, I, I cannot thank everybody enough for checking us out on Instagram as well. That's Youth Baseball Talk. Special thanks to lineupmedia.fm for all their continued support. Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, our producers through lineupmedia.fm. They're second to none. Check out Yo Radio. Colin, did you download it? Not did yet. You're going to get it. You, know, you yeah. like that, don't you? Oh, I know yeah. you would. Yo Radio. That's a cool name, too, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Yo Radio. All right. Check it out. It's for free. Go to the App Store. Type in Yo Radio. Download it. Get it on your phone today. You're going to love the stations. And I'm telling you, over the next six months, you're going to see some of the most amazing artists join our team here at Yo Radio and provide you with countless hours of entertainment. For all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk.
Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.